Rugby is a badass sport. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 83 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. As always, I'm your host. Got a good show for everybody today. Looking forward to getting into it. Uh, like I mentioned last week, I, I got some new microphones. So the interview with Colorado Exo Scrum Half Brady Daniel sounds great. Looking forward to everyone checking that out. Um, but before we do that, we'll go ahead and start the show the same way we do every week, and that's by jumping into the breakdown. So we'll start the breakdown with some XO news. XOs are off this weekend. They did a conditioning session up at Red Rocks yesterday and now off for a couple of days. Uh, so if you've been paying attention, they picked up a 71-5 to win over SoFlow last weekend. Sounds like SoFlow was just severely overmatched and saw that the XOs had to lend SoFlow a couple of players to complete the match as well, uh, which is good, I guess, because it, you know, it allows more XOs to get more playing time um, and, you know, that kind of shows the, the rugby culture that these guys might, might not be familiar with. Like, I've never been involved in a football game or something where you had to lend a, a player or two to the other team, but this was the case here. Um, so just kind of, you know, shows what rugby's about. And like I said, got a lot of guys got to play a lot more um, than maybe they would have, which is good. More match time's always good. That's uh, the fastest way all of these guys are going to learn. Um, and they've got a big couple of months coming up here. Um, as far as I know. So like I said, they're going to be off this weekend. I believe that they're off next weekend. I haven't heard of any matches, but that doesn't mean anything. Then they play at Clemson in two weeks. I know that there's a match against Rugby HTX, which is a Houston Sabercats feeder team, um, in the beginning of May. And then the second weekend of May, they play the Hartford Harpooners here at Infinity Park, which is a, a match I know a lot of people are looking forward to. Um, and as far as I know, that one will be streamed. I know they haven't been able to stream stuff on the road. That's usually the home team's responsibility, and they just haven't, you know, hasn't been an option. So, uh, but as far as I know, the stuff at Infinity Park will be streamed. I know a lot of people are looking forward to watching that. Um, but like I said, it's going to be a big two months of rugby. There's going to be some some quality competition here in the next uh, two months or so, and I'm looking forward to watching how that all turns out. Um, and then, of course, I'll keep you updated as I hear stuff. I know there's a couple more matches on the schedule, but I don't really want to talk about them until they've been formally announced because stuff has changed so much, even on a you know week-by-week -week basis. So wait till those are formally announced. But it's like I said, it's going to be a big two months of rugby. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Moving into the next piece of the breakdown, uh, the women's national team has been training for about two weeks here at Infinity Park even though uh, World Rugby has postponed the Women's Rugby World Cup until 2022. Just good to see them, you know, still gathering, training, getting better, uh, so that when the time finally does come, they're going to be ready, and they've had all this extra time to train, and uh, hopefully, you know, it, it, it pays off for them. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I think, like I said, I've been unintentionally leaving it out for the last couple of weeks, um, stuff that when I record, I leave, and I'm like, dang it, I forgot to mention that. So I wanted to make sure I talked about that. Uh, and then finally, we'll close up with the, the short breakdown with some uh, yeah, MLR stuff. Could talk a little bit about MLR round two last weekend. We'll talk about the upcoming fixtures and all the rugby that you can watch this weekend here in the next segment. So uh, a couple of the notes I took I actually brought my notebook this week. 
Um, goes without saying, I guess, but the Giltinis look like the best team in the competition. Beat the Seawolves down pretty bad, 57-26. Awesome to see Luke White, Ryan James scored in that match. Luke won man of the match. Always good to see the former Raptors doing big things. And for the Seawolves, they're off to their second consecutive tough start in as many seasons. They didn't get off on the best foot in 2020 as either. Um, and they're kind of, you know, going down the same path this this year as well. You know, they have an early buy, so it'll be important for them to kind of right the ship there. Um, and, and then, you know, some of the other matches I, I took some notes on. Nola Gold beat down Rooney pretty bad, score 51-28. That match wasn't ever really close. It got close a little bit, um, I think, at the half, and then that was all she wrote. There, the Nola Gold was in control for the whole match. They were, you know, picking off passes and, and running them in. Uh, Nola Gold, like I said, wasn't wasn't ever as close as uh, as that halftime score made it seem. Moving into the next match, Old Glory DC beat Rugby ATL 30-23. This was a really good match. Uh, really, you know, a lot of back and forth. Uh, Rugby ATL was in control in the first half, and Old Glory had a big second or third twenty minute you know period and uh, put up a, some points and, and they took care of business. Uh, New England shut out Houston 32 nothing. Uh, Warriors beat the Arrows 39-24, something that, that came across the desk on Saturday, Sunday, I think it was. Mika Kruse signed with the Warriors after originally signing with the Giltinis. I'm not sure if it was a VA trade or what, but the Raptor tracker has been updated with his move to Utah. I was wondering why he wasn't on any of the starting 15s with that L.A. was putting out, or they weren't putting out anything with him at all. Uh, he's too good to just be sitting around, so I'm glad he's going to a place where he's going to get the chance to play, and he's going to another good team that's, uh, you know, lighting it up this year. I'm rooting for the Warriors this year, I think. And, you know, like I've been talking about on the show, it takes a little bit to figure out, uh, you know, who you're naturally rooting for. I think the Warriors are that team this year. Um, like I said, Arrows dropped their second match in a row. The Arrows are in a tough spot this year. They're headquartered in, in Atlanta, so everything's kind of just thrown off for them. It becomes hard to win rugby matches when you've got all this different stuff stacked up against you. Um, but they've been playing – they've been playing – like their first match here was a close one against Rugby ATL. I think they'll be okay. It just needs to kind of get their sea legs under them a little bit. Um, and then finally, the last match that I wanted to talk about, Legion beat up the Gilgronis um, late by a score of, of 14 to 11. Carlo Denition scored the go-ahead try in that match. So, like I mentioned earlier, always good to see former Raptors doing something and especially scoring the, uh, the you know, the match, the try that, that you know, won them the match. So, uh, fun stuff to watch this weekend. Been impressed with the Rugby Network again. No issues on, on my end. I'm not sure if that's the same for everybody else, but I haven't had any problems with it. Um, and I'm looking forward to a fun, you know, week three. Uh, so with that, we're going to jump into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. So we'll start with the Pro 14 like we always do, but that's over. Uh, Leinster won the final last week. Six Nations is over as well. Wales ended up winning or ended up at the top of the table. They ended up winning the competition. Uh, Premiership rugby is off for two weeks, so we don't have to talk about that for, like I said, a couple weeks till April 16th. And we'll start with the Lions Premier 15. So it looks like we only got one match on the schedule this week. That's DMP Durham Sharks versus Wasp FC Ladies. That's at 7 a.m. on Saturday, April 3rd. So I'm not sure if this one is live streamed or not, but I would I would assume if it's the only match this weekend. Um, but if it is, you can catch it on England Rugby's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Premier15s.com. Make sure you're checking that out. Super Rugby Australia. 
um, on Friday morning at 2.45, so probably be over by the time you're listening to this podcast, unless you listen right when it comes out. We've got Waratahs versus the Brumbies. And on Saturday uh, two, at 2.45 in the morning, we have the Rebels versus the Reds. Not sure where you – I think you can watch this play. I think you can watch these matches on ESPN fans. I was going to talk about that, the Super Rugby at Taroa part of the show, but I'm pretty sure they've been putting the Australia matches on there as well. I've watched the Super Rugby at Taroa uh, the last two weeks via this YouTube page. It's called ESPN Fans. Um, and, you know, it's just an ESPN channel. It's something I've never heard of, but it's a verified YouTube channel, and they've been, they've been streaming the matches – uh, so I'd recommend checking that out. So we will go ahead and talk about the Super Rugby out to row apart or fixtures this weekend, excuse me. Um, so Friday morning at 12.05 a.m., we've got the Crusaders versus the Highlanders. And then Saturday um, at 12.05 a.m. as well, we have the Blues versus the Hurricanes. Uh, you can watch, like I said, you can watch those matches on this YouTube page, ESPN fans. It's, like I said, it's worked for me the last two weeks. Uh, hopefully that continues to be the case. Um, so we'll go ahead and talk about the DNVR Rugby Pick of the Week. As always, we've been picking, you know, one or two matches from the competition every week. And last week was not my best week of all time. I went 0-2, but it's a, a minor setback for a major comeback here. I haven't learned my lesson, though, and I'm going to take both favorites. That's kind of what buried me last weekend. But taking Blues minus 7.5 and, and Crusaders minus 20.5, as crazy as that sounds. But they're good enough to, to do it. Highlanders haven't won a match since opening weekend. Um, then, you know, in Blues, they, they lost last weekend to the Chiefs. Uh, that's tough. Chiefs hadn't won a match in two years, I think. Um, I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to be hungry, and I think they're going to come out and put a, a beat down on the Hurricanes. That's what I'm hoping, at least. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. You can follow along with all my picks and the rest of the team's picks at the NVR um, by keeping up with the NVR bets, streaming Monday through Friday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Like I said, those guys are a lot better gamblers than me, but um, I appreciate those that are riding with me, sticking with me. So we will crawl our way out of this this 0-2 hole. It's just as uh, easy to go 2-0 as it is to go 0-2. Like I said, um, if you want better picks than that, go to DNVR bets, DNVR underscore bets on Twitter. Like I said, streaming Monday through Friday on all of those platforms. So make sure you go and check that out. We've got baseball starting up, you know, a lot more stuff to gamble on. So, all right, now we jump into Major League Rugby Round 3 action. Looks like we got four matches uh, all on Saturday. There's a couple teams on by, so... Two more match or two less matches than we'll usually have, uh, but the first one Saturday, April third at two thirty p.m. Mountain Time on CBS Sports Network. We got Utah Warriors at the New England Free Jacks um, on Saturday at three p.m. Mountain Time. We've got Toronto Arrows at Old Glory DC. You can watch that one on the Rugby Network on Saturday at five p.m. Mountain Time. We have San Diego Legion at Rugby ATL. That's on Fox Sports Two. And then on Saturday as well, at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, we have Houston Sabercats at Austin Gill Gronies. That's the Texas Cup. And you can watch that one on the Rugby Network as well. With that, we'll go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show. Like I mentioned at the top of the episode, we've got Colorado Exo Scrum Half Brady Daniel on today. Brady's an interesting cat. Uh, played football and wrestled at Arizona State. Played a little bit of rugby in high school. His brother, Corey, currently plays flanker for Old Glory D.C., um, he's kind of got a cool crossover athlete story as well. Um, but we got into all that in this episode. I uh, really enjoyed talking to Brady, and I hope you all enjoy listening to it. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Colorado XO Scrum Half Brady Daniel. <laughs> all right, now welcome on to the show, Colorado XO Scrum Half Brady Daniel. Brady, how's it going, man? 
Going well, Colton. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining me. Um, I know you guys have a few days off, so um, I appreciate you carving out a little bit of your time for me today. So, Brady, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show, just can you tell me a little bit about where you're from? Um, yeah, I'm originally from Maryland. I uh, was born and raised there, and then I got recruited from Arizona State to wrestle there in college. Uh, did that for a little bit of time. Ended my senior year with a little bit of football, and then when COVID hit, transitioned over to rugby, and then uh, now I'm here. Interesting. I didn't know you played football at ASU as well. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into all that, though. So okay. that kind of leads into the question is like, um, can you just tell me a little bit about your athletic career? I know you did a little bit, but um, what, what did you do in high school? And then just kind of tell me about, you know, when did you decide like wrestling was something you wanted to take serious and, and what that recruitment process was like to go to ASU? For sure. Um, so growing up, I, I have an older brother that's like three, three and a half years older than me. Yeah. So he was he was the first one to get into anything that we did. Football, wrestling, did a little bit of track, lacrosse, way back when we were young. And then I guess at one point my dad just realized that, hey, we're going to be pretty good at wrestling, so we have to do what we need to do for that. And I was in middle school, elementary school, going to elite like camps and practices during the week, this and that. Um, and then when middle school came around, it was wrestling and football only. Um, I did a little bit of lacrosse in there during the summer, but once wrestling was something that was like a concrete like future for me, whether that was college or post-college or whatnot. Um, we kind of just got rid of lacrosse and any free time I had, it was wrestling. Yeah. So football was fall and that was, that was it. And then any extra time, wrestling was only in the winter season, but we spent spring and summer training for wrestling. Right. <laughs> so I did that, um, just those two for as long as I can rem remember. And then I'd say... So I guess to build on that, I was in high school wrestling, playing football at River Hill, a public school. And then at one point, my or my wrestling coach there, he took he took a different job in the school, couldn't coach. So I transferred over to a private school with wrestling in mind. And then when I got there, it was like, wow, this school is really freaking good at football. <laughs> and so I, my last two years of high school, I was like, damn, do I want to wrestle? Do I want to play football? Um, and so I kind of I kind of made that transition to focus more on football. But the way the way college recruiting set up, the way high school recruiting set up, I had to I would have had to been there freshman year to get the looks I was ex like I was expecting wow. by the time I graduated. Yeah. Um, so I wrote out football. I did fairly well. I, you know, had some some offers out of high school, but I was kind of set on whether it was a big school or D1 or both. And I remember two weeks before National Signing Day in mid-April. I was like, I'm going to play football. And then it's like, football's not going to work out. I started calling <laughs> up wrestling coaches again. And luckily, Arizona State, they still had a, they still had a spot open for me. Yeah. My Actually, my high school coach was coached by Zeke Jones, that coach at Arizona State, yeah. back in college when he was at West Virginia. Okay. So Zeke Jones, head yeah. coach of West Virginia, my high school coach, wrestled for him. He went back to Maryland. Zeke went out to Arizona State. Um, so I got that connection there. Um, and then... I don't know, I just did wrestling, committed to that, went with it, came in at heavyweight. I mean, all the guys here know me as 200, 205. I was 230 going into I saw, so I didn't, I was looking at your, your little bio on Arizona State's website, and it, they had you listed at 285 at one point. Right, so. Was that a typo? Or no, we, so you that. You were that big. I was never 285. <laughs> okay. so the weight class I wrestled okay, in. Okay, okay. So 
for weight classes in wrestling, it's always like the numbers, like the max weight class. So just yeah. like UFC fighting, flyweight, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that weight is, they can't be above that. Okay. So, so for college, well, for high school wrestling, it, the weight classes at the end of it go 195, 220, 285. College, okay. there is no 220. Okay. And it's not even it's not even 195. It's 197, and then it's 285. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not 200 or 205 and less to wrestle 197. I had to wrestle Jeez. 25, yeah. And so my brother, he was the heavyweight at UNC, and based on how he was looking, based on how I thought I could do, I thought, you know, yeah. one to two years, I could make it to 250, maybe be a solid heavyweight. I never got the growth spurt I was expecting <laughs> and all that. So um, I went through my first two years as a really small heavyweight. Um, I got a lot of good, great technique and training. I mean, our starting heavy, heavyweight was the uh, – when I came in, he was the number three in the nation. He took third uh-huh. at NCAA's the year before. So I got I, I got to train under him. And then our assistant coach, Pendleton, he's now head coach at Oregon State. They both helped me out a lot. So they helped me be a good heavyweight. I just wasn't physically there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so junior year, that's when I was like, I don't think it's going to be, this is not yeah. going to work out for me. I, over that summer, I was like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do 197. And so I lost a lot of weight, came into junior year at like 205, 200, and that was that was pretty good. Um, I actually had my roommate was the starting 197, and then a, a good friend of mine was the was the other 197. So we had a little trifecta of competitiveness every day in the practice room, this and that for that position. And with wrestling, I mean, unless you're starting, it's a lot of work just to, yeah. just to work. Um, so that's kind of how I got into football because I was like, I don't really, I don't really want to be doing all this work just to maybe get a match or two or maybe start right. this and that. And I mean, I had been wrestling my whole life, so I kind of felt like I was kind of burned out in a way For too. Sure. Um, you know, it was because you know, with wrestling after college, unless you're number one through ten in the entire world or country, you're not you're not making money mm-hmm. and you're not gonna really be competing that I mean as often or, you know, as much as you'd like. Um right. so like all right, well wrestling, I had fun. I think I'm gonna move on. And so I was like I guess I should try football. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't even I don't know how it even started. I just I was like not happy with wrestling. I wanted to keep doing something. I still had technically two years of eligibility left because I redshirted. Um, but I just spent like a few weeks in the spring of last, or I guess two years ago before COVID, um, 2019, yeah, the spring of 2019, I spent like two or three weeks every day walking into the football facilities, trying to, trying to find a coach who wants to talk to me or trying to, cause, cause our football facilities at, at ASU is like our campus is set up where the stadium's at the very top mm-hmm. and then everything like all school buildings and stuff is all south of there right and then they added addition on like either my freshman or sophomore year so everything for football is on the north end and they're secluded so they have, they have a weight room a practice field they have a dining dining hall yeah, they have everything you need yeah so unless you're on the football team or the staff it's like hard you, need, to you need security you need a passcode you need all this credentials to get in. That's interesting to me, though. You wouldn't have an in with wrestling. And, like, maybe that's eventually, like, how you got in. But I would think there would be somebody, yeah. like, in the wrestling staff that could See, vouch for you and, you know, yeah. be like, oh, I know this guy. For, you know, you all work in the same athletic right. department, would, even if it's you would a little think, secluded. You would think. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, Coach Zeke and Coach Herm Edwards, the head coach of those yeah, two teams, yeah. were, they were tight. But the way wrestling is or a D1 sports, like – 
you're here for that yep and nothing else matters so I don't know whether I could have asked Zeke or my coaches to get me in or whatnot but I was just I was like I don't know I just I'm someone who's used to doing things on my own so I was like I'm gonna figure it out talking with my my dad about it um I guess I actually had back in high school when I transferred over to the private school, um, it was set up like a small college where we had like 10 different coaches. Mm-hmm. And one of our coaches was like a, a, a pure, purely his title was just to be a recruiter. So he was a high school football coach and he had college coaches in his office every day of the week type of thing. Wow. Um, so I, he was someone I actually uh, made contact to during that process. Um, I'm not sure whether he was able to help out or not. I just know one day I found a guy who was part of the recruiting department. Luckily, he yeah. brought me in, and I had already emailed them. See, that's that was the big thing was that most colleges, they'll advertise, oh, we have spring training coming up, or we're going to be just doing spring stuff right. here and here. Uh, it was, and that was before COVID, too. I think it was mainly a Herm Edwards thing where it's like we want to focus on the guys we have and the yeah. guys that we know that we can have or will bring in. Kind of, because he, I mean, maybe being like a former NFL guy, he doesn't really run the college program like a typical college mm-hmm. program, for better or worse. Exactly, so. yeah. It's more business-oriented than, you know, whatever yeah, else you yeah. want to call it. Um, but so whatnot um, kind of went on, and uh, I guess so I got in there, I got the recruiting guy, and I had already emailed him before, too. I emailed, okay. like, half their staff. Yeah, yeah. I told them all my, my name information, sent them out my resume. All the, all the same <laughs> resume I was sending to college coaches back in high school. I was like, hey, yeah. here's, here's what I did, wrestling, football, yeah. this and that. And I think the fact that I did wrestle at ASU really helped. Um, mm-hmm. It's just they didn't really, whether they didn't, like, spend enough time looking at what I sent them or whether they were just so focused on their guys. But it wasn't like, I emailed this guy two weeks before I finally got in there. And then the guy who brought me into the offices introduced me to the guy who I'm supposed to email. I was like, hey, I hit you up two weeks ago. Yeah. And the week before. And last <laughs> week. Go check your freaking email, yeah. right? And Squeak, so, Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Exactly. Right? That's what they say. Exactly. And that's what I did for three weeks every other day or every day I was in there trying to find someone. Um, so luckily, uh, they were all just talking, uh, chit-chatting, and – Told the guy my name, he went to his computer, brought it right up. He's like, oh, yeah, I got you, I got you. So uh, I'm going to take a look at this. I'm going to go talk to our coaches, and we'll get back to you. And before I knew it, the next, I think that was like a, I want to say that was like a Wednesday that week. Mm -hmm. I got a call on Friday, and the running backs coach, uh, the head running backs coach, actually, I think his name was Aguano, Aguano, Mm A-G-U-A-N-O. He he called me, and he was like, hey, like, I saw your film. I know that you're a wrestler. I know that you're already a student at ASU. That makes it even easy, easier. Yeah, because um, you're in. They don't have to worry about exactly. grades and all that it's stuff. So right? just a little transfer of NCAA uh, BS, whatever, whatever they do nonsense. with their paperwork <laughs> Yeah, for sports. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got in there. He gave me a call. I came in the next week. I spoke to the, the offensive coordinator and the running backs coach. And before I knew it, they said I'm – they want to take me on as a walk-on, happy to have me. Um, the big thing was that I was very happy to be there except as a walk-on. It's just they took me as a fullback. Yeah. And <laughs> I played defense from like – That's what I was going to ask. I remember looking at your, your bio again, and it said you were like a 100-tackle season, three yes. consecutive seasons. Yes. So that's interesting. You, you just flip-flop. I would like to say <laughs> I was one of the best linebackers we had in WCAC. And part of that also, you know, I said if I wanted to get recruited at – 
what I was expecting. I should have been in there freshman year instead of transferring over. Well, I think that was the same thing in regards to like the politics they had around football. Yeah. Because uh, based on the stats and whatnot, at the end of my senior year, I had the most tackles in the entire conference. Right. And I didn't even make honorable mention. There right. was first, second, and honorable mention. I, I didn't even make that. I was like, all right, well, yeah, what the how, hell is going on here? How does this work? Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they had gave it to a linebacker from one of the, one of the yeah, worst what's, schools. What's and, the point of even keeping yeah, exactly. track at that point? Because it's really I, – I was asking my coach, like, hey, like, I mean – I, I see my stats. Do, are you guys looking at the same numbers as I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, it's kind of just it's that political BS that you get in, I mean, you get in all sports. Everything, I mean, football yeah. majority. For sure. But it's like the coaches of other teams kind of have to, like, also know be, who these players yeah, are. On and, board. Yeah, so they didn't know who I was. They just saw me on a piece of paper. They're like, yeah, who's this kid? Like, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't know. Yeah, all that. So um, that's kind of like that that – same political stuff kind of happens at it. It didn't really happen at ASU. I wasn't even there long enough to experience <laughs> it. But just the fact that, you know. Yeah, but even to just, I mean, look, like you just said, if any, it would it would seem like it would make the most sense to put you where you had played before. Exactly. And comfortable and not just exactly, insert yeah. you at fullback for, because Right, so why. they were looking at me like, they oh. They even run like a fullback offense? So they they were they started to get into it now okay. with Herm there. Yeah. Um, but they even they so, had us grouped up as with like the tight ends. So we had yeah, me, yeah. the starting fullback, and then like our three and four tight ends of the of the team. And like when I first got there, we were all rotating between, I guess how, I guess you would call it like a hybrid offense yeah, or H, something. Each back type of yeah. Thing, or so I guess, yeah, yeah. So we had like some tight ends who were in there. They could pass or they could catch and they could block. Yeah. Some who could just block. And then, like, some who could just, just catch. So if they're in there, you know, all right, well, it's probably going to be a pass play. If this guy's in here, we're probably going to run an option or something. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like a whole rotation between me, the starting fullback, to learn fullback positioning. <laughs> and then we would also get thrown in to go be blockers for, like, as a tight end. And, well, for me as a tight end, I'm, I'm a foot shorter than anything you'd <laughs> expect at a Division One tight end. Yeah. Um, but, like, that, that whole thing was just, like – so they saw me as an athlete, but I never played offense. I played offense yeah, freshman yeah. year of high school, and that was it. I, I'm a wrestler, and I played linebacker. Like, the fact that I'm a wrestler, I would you think, okay. Very literally, what, like eight years removed from, from that point yeah, of your exactly. life? exactly. Exactly. And I'm just like, so you guys know I'm a wrestler. You know I played football. My highlight tape is three or two years of football <laughs> or of linebacker, linebacker film. So you should put me a linebacker. But they just yeah. they were like, yeah. no, we have enough linebacker. Like, I mean, no, no, like, in regards to them, they did have who they consider one of the best linebackers in the Pac-12. He got freshman, fresh, or freshman defensive player of the year, mm -hmm. and he's doing really well. But as I watched film, like, they run like a 3-5. He's the middle linebacker. They, their, two, their two outside linebackers are decent, but they were getting rotated a lot. And obviously that's because they weren't sure who was going to be a good <laughs> starter. And I know yeah. I was a bit undersized, but I – Right. I, don't know, I was hoping at least for a shot, but I was happy to be there. Um, offense was, you know, what it, what it was. The big thing was that they they recruited me. They told me on Monday I was I was good to go. I spent like the next few days coming in there. I got some gear, got a locker, got all the all yeah. the other uh, red tape you got to go through. And then Monday, first day of practice, I also get handed the playbook that I was supposed oh. to. You know, I was supposed to learn and this, yeah. that, and everybody already heard. Everybody else had it six weeks yeah. ago. I'm yeah. like, all right, coach. <laughs> yeah. um, so I mean, I did what I could. I mean, I spent 
every waking hour I felt like trying to learn that playbook. But yeah. it was like one offensive play was like a, a complete sentence yeah. in class. It's like Houston, Texas, like yeah, uh, this means this, and yeah. there's like two options in every different. We had we had like words and assignments for the the linemen, uh, motions for the backs. Uh, plays for the wide receivers and the back. So we had like six to like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. We had like 10 to 12 different sets of words yeah. for one do you, play. Do you remember a play? I like listening to these. Um, honestly, off the top of my head, no. I mean, I, okay. I know that like, so like for our formation, we could say like truck right, uh, Arizona, I want to say like truck right something something with the motion Arizona yeah. nine or something. So truck right is how the tight end the fullback line up. There is a motion in there for either the running back or one of the slots. Yeah. And then Arizona nine is like a pass play, and nine is like the key wide receiver or something. Okay. So it's like I, <laughs> I think what I just said even wasn't even spot on. Right, right. But That's I, understandable. Know, That's two years ago. I too. actually still have my whole playbook at Do home you? too. Because they, they, they sent us, <laughs> I came in on a Monday, we had two weeks of spring practice, we had a spring break, and then COVID hit. Yeah. <clears throat> At the end of spring break on Sunday, I fly back to Arizona, expecting to start practice on Monday. Monday morning, we sit in the meeting for like two, three hours with all the COVID protocols set up. Everyone's like six feet apart, mask on, all the other stuff. And then after that meeting, we go get our lunch, and he's like, so guys, uh, this is how we're going to, you know, do lunch for the, the time being. Like, we're all going to get it outside, you know. For those who are cleared and can work out, like, we'll bring you in. We'll contact you separately. Um, so they started, like, making all these, like, gestures toward, like, hey, this is going to be a slow process. It's going to be individual. It sounds like we're not gonna, really going to be doing any team stuff. And then, like, an hour later, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, actually, uh, we're, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're off. Where you guys have to yeah. go home and we're just going to be yeah, on Zoom yeah. for the next, because that's right when COVID right. hit. Right, I mean, yeah, it was changing by yeah. the hour at that point. And, yeah, that's what, exactly. Like, we were in that meeting every 10 minutes, something different was getting told, like, on Twitter, on media, all that. And so I guess the big thing was just, like, they were trying to, like, we, we kind of thought, you know, Division One football got a lot of money, you can uh, make something work, just for how, sure. like, NBA made it work yeah. and stuff pretty fairly quickly. But, I mean, this was the week it happened. Um, so, unfortunately, they sent us home. We didn't get to finish our last two weeks of spring ball. Um, I got maybe like 20 reps over two yeah, weeks just because geez. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I spent, I got more reps blocking than anything. And even then it's just like, yeah. Cause like they would tell me the play and I'm just like, all right, how about, can you just tell me what I need to do? Yeah, because I don't know what these words mean. Yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, all that. Yeah. Like, even like once I got in there, you, 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 get a firsthand like view of like the politics as well um and like so i definitely like some of the tight ends i was with i was like yeah these guys are solid like they're good guys and some of these guys are also like not that great but our coach was you know hyping them up oh yeah like don't worry about it like just you know run a better cut or, yeah, you know, yeah, run yeah. your route a little better like you know yeah like, don't drop the ball just catch it it's like <laughs> Don't just, like, just catch bro. It. You gotta, you gotta recruit to be a tight end, and you're, yeah, you, you know what I mean. You can't, yeah. Or you're, you're not making blocks. It's like you're six yeah. seven, two forty, and you don't want to hit. Like, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I was happy to have that experience. I was happy to. I was kind of happy with it all. Like, I got put in kind of you could say a shitty situation in football, but I was happy to get out of wrestling. I was happy to transition to something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 
with COVID coming in, football cut me off middle of the spring training. We got sent home and we had like, I think two or three times a week, we had like an hour long Zoom meeting with our tight ends coach. So it was me, him, or we had two other coaches with the group and then uh, me, the other fullback and then like four or five tight ends. So a meeting of like 10 of us and like once a week or once every two weeks, we had a full team Zoom meeting and that's where Herm and the other guys were talking. This and that, and then what? What even going over in those meetings at that point? Um, because there's like a, nothing yeah, really no, to prepare that's for. That's a to great be question. Honest. It's mainly so a lot of it was like with football, like they do tons of film, and like yeah. and that being said, like they also have tons of film. So like when we were in spring training, we were watching film on whether it was like our opponents from last year and how we ran that offense against them. Or it was how we ran that offense at practice. And Mm -hmm. I guess the big thing was when we were back home on Zoom, um, we were mainly watching our practices. So our coach would have us either watch a practice and break down what you did, similar kind of what we've kind of done here once or twice with rugby. Um, Or we'd watch like our team session and our coach would be like, all right, so what play was ran here? Uh, Who did what right? Like, what did you like? He just wanted us to focus on ourselves, man. So fullbacks and tight ends. What did you do properly? Were your alignment set up? Did you hit the right man? This and that. Um, and then sometimes we were watching, uh, like, ASU play teams from last year and just offensive clips and how, like, certain plays that were, like – or they would get, walk, give us the clip, give us the, the play, and be like, all right, so was this play ran properly? And you have to yeah. uh, analyze and, you know, pull out, like, point out what's going on. So that was, like, a good learning experience, I guess you could say. But yeah. it was – it was all on my own, so it kind of felt like if I had any issues, it's like yeah, I didn't really have anywhere anyone to help me there. I was kind of just hoping it felt like it seemed right, this and that. Um, and like the biggest thing was I felt like, excuse me. No, you're good. I was gonna say that makes me think. I, I remember my freshman year of college, I like tested into two online math classes, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was like I would do it. I would think I would do it right. And then I would go into the center and I would just bomb the test. Yeah. And I had to withdraw because it's like, well, I, you know, there's nobody here telling me, like, what I'm doing right or wrong. Right, so right. They I just, think people can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Shit. I mean, I went through the same the same thing. Good counsel. I was, I was in AP classes thinking, hey, I yeah. need to get a, you know, a B in this class. So college shows I had an A in a hard class. Maybe yeah, I'll get yeah, some academic money or maybe I'll get a better accept like you know I'll yeah, be accepted test, test out a place out of this thing in college or, exactly yeah, so there's a lot of nice. a lot of uh hoops to jump through and a lot of stuff a lot of bs <laughs> um that's pretty much how I'd yeah. put it so you're at home you're, you're working through all this stuff like then what kind of goes on is this summertime now or yeah so I want to say like we got sent home middle of March and so March April June I want to say it was around my birthday. So my birthday is the end of June. I want to say either right before that or right after that, we had just finished up like a Zoom meeting. It was either like a Sunday or a Monday, whether we were going to have one that afternoon or something. Mm-hmm. And my coach calls me on the, the phone and visually he's like, hey, Brady. Um, I mean, I, I, as soon as he called me, I was like, this can't be good. <laughs> yeah, this I was like, this co- my coach never calls me. Yeah. He calls me on my phone directly. No one else is here to listen. Like, this can't yeah, be this good. Isn't. Um, and I already knew, like, he was like, hey, Brady, like, how's it going? This is, uh, damn, I can't even remember his name. This is Coach Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I hate to make these type of calls, but uh, it's just about that time, this and that. I'm like, 
all right, coach, just give it to me straight. Like, what's yeah. up? Like, all right, I'm, I'm getting cut. All right, I, I figured that was going to happen at some point. I just, you know, didn't know that was going to be now, this and that. Yeah. And I even, like, I wanted to say, like, you know, I've been improving. Like, those two and a half months of us just being on Zoom, I, I spent time with my dad and my brother, and I learned the plays. I was running them in the front yard. Like, I felt like I was doing everything <laughs> I could to get them down. So once we do come back, I'm like, all right, I don't need to. I don't need any help. Just throw me in there, and I'll, I'll excel at the few reps I get, rather than me asking, you know, what do I do here? Where do I yeah. line up? Who do I hit? This and that. I felt like I was picking it up, uh, but unfortunately, there's there's no time wasted at, at that level. Um, so that was like that was right when the NCAA was telling schools like, hey, if you have the right protocols in place, you can, you can, start, you can start bringing back like the mm. critical people or like the minimum number. And for me and all the other walk-ons, well, we weren't part yeah. of that group. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of just that whole little stint ended. Um, you know, I mean, it was fun while it lasted. Got some free gear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, and it's, it's an experience. There's a lot of people, yeah. I'm sure, wish played college football. Definitely. You might not have been what you were expecting or, or looking for, but um, it's something that you did. So I guess, like, you're kind of leading into the timeline of getting recruited to the XOs, right? So yeah. can you explain how that kind of happened? Then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so once football was done and over with, I was in the middle of summer. Um, my brother, my brother, Corey, uh, he's about three and a half years older than me. He plays flanker for Old Glory, actually. Yeah. He was, um, he was on my list of questions, but okay, yeah. So, so, so he's actually the he's the one. Like I was saying, when we were younger, he did football first. He did yeah. wrestling first. I followed in his footsteps. So my wrestling career started to end. I, you know, I got into football. Luckily, yeah, Corey, yeah. he he wanted to do that. It wasn't able to, or not yet per se. Um, and so he was just home training, and we just we just spent all of like June, July. Well, actually, I guess. Yeah, June through August, the summer, we spent all that time playing rugby, playing touch. Um, so, like, I played a year in high school at yeah. Good Council. So I had been around the sport enough where it's like... You had a general familiarity. Right, with it, like, right. you know, someone off the street, they pick up rugby balls, like, how do I throw this? Yeah, yeah. They want to throw it overhand like, or yeah. something like that. So, like, I understood, you know, the passing, I understood that, how to run the ball, like this and that. So the gist of it I understood mm -hmm. um he had already been a year into playing professionally and he was just he was home chilling he was um he was getting into playing sevens so mm -hmm. um we were playing touch sevens all throughout the summer um and then I went to school in Arizona and or I went back to school in the fall this past fall um and so I just continued playing rugby out there as well as like two yeah. or three times a week and then actually when we were back home for winter break it was like a week or less than a week after the new year. Mm -hmm. And Coach Pete Pask, he called my brother, and he was inviting him to come back because my brother did this thing last year, which it wasn't the Crossover Academy. It was the uh, – Wasn't it like the Rugby Americas North Yeah, it was like or the World camp. Rugby. Yeah, yeah all it's that. Like a combine type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was similar to this where it's like they came here to train. They were here for like three or four months. Um, and they were just here to get better at rugby and learn rugby and like get to the next level. The difference with them is that they only played like two, they played two games and one tournament. And so far we've had game like almost every yeah. weekend, which is, which is really nice. And also the best way for us to learn rugby is right. like actual play it. Because yeah, the practice isn't fun. Like it's not, that's never the fun part. You want to, you play to right. play the games. So. Exactly. Exactly. And with, I, I remember when I first learned, I was in high school. I had to go to council going through practice, and my coach was like, hey, like, uh, 
Like I was getting it, but I would always be asking these questions. Like, honestly, I can't really tell you. You just, you have to wait till we play the game. Like there's, there's things that. As <laughs> that's much, true. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like I would like to explain to you, but you won't understand until you're actually in a game. Like, you know how people are moving the way they are, this and that. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you need to be in there firsthand to finally like make things start to click. Um, and so, uh, I guess to build on that, my brother, he got a call from Pete, got reinvited or invited back to do this academy mm-hmm. and him already being with old glory. He was like, you know what? I mean, I have what I need. I'm happy with my yeah, yeah, yeah. position, all that. Um, so he actually on the phone, he was like, Hey, I'm good. But my younger brother, Brady would be <laughs> interested. Um, he wrestled in college. He played football. He did a little bit of rugby, this and that. And Pete's like, Oh yeah, I mean, that sounds great. I mean, Looking at you, Corey, I could I could imagine your brother should be pretty good. I'm like, yeah, just a, just a little smaller, just yeah, like yeah. three inches. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's so funny. Pete Pete called Corey for like 15, 20 minutes on one day. Uh, I ended up emailing Pete like the other like a few days after that, and then he called me, him and Pete uh, Borlays actually, mm-hmm. the next week, and him and I, or them, me, and then like both my parents and actually Corey was there too. We spoke on the phone for like an hour, hour and a half, and. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of that. I mean, we talked about rugby, talked about the academy. I had sent him my football highlight tapes, yeah, the yeah. same one I gave, gave to ASU. Uh, Those I, things made the rounds, Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, I sent some some wrestling clips as well from Arizona State and, yeah. like, you know, this and that. And he was like, oh, that sounds great. Like, uh, you're an athlete. I know wrestlers are, you know, we don't have to worry about their conditioning. They For should sure. be able to tackle fairly well. They know, they know how to take a they make a double leg. Like, yeah. that's what rugby tackling is. Um, so then – he sent me a contract, signed that, and then like the next week, I moved out or I flew out to Arizona, uh, packed up some of my apartment, and then drove up here actually with Corey yeah. and moved in here, and then that, that was that. Oh man, was I mean, was it a tough decision? I guess after that that call on the phone was to it, make rug to, to do rugby. Yeah, oh, to do not this. at all. I had nothing else going on. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, football ended, and like I just I had this innate like uh like just feeling to always want to do like something athletically yeah. like, I, I just don't want to go yeah yeah i want to compete exactly i don't mm-hmm. want to go make money sitting on the desk nine to five all that i mean maybe sure. one point i'll get there yeah but for now I'm i had in- the same conversation with tawny a couple of weeks ago he was saying the same thing he's like you have you only have so much time in your life to yeah. be able to do this so exactly you might as well take the explore every opportunity that comes yeah and way, if you're so. someone who started at a young age and have like have that drive to compete in this and that you 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 don't want to get rid of it unless until you have to yeah until something else stops you whether it's your body or you know you're at a point where there's you know whatever you gotta like, make a decision you know for your family or something exactly lines, right so. and so i was just like all right well i don't i just i, I, I can't stop now i don't want to be yeah <laughs> I, I call it a NARP, a normal ass regular person, <laughs> someone who doesn't play a sport. Yeah. I don't know. That was my brother had, yeah. a, had a little joke. I've heard that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So the decision wasn't hard at all. I was just trying to figure out, okay, so I flew back to Maryland from school for a break. Now mm-hmm. all my stuff's back in Arizona. How do I get to Colorado? I mean, that was like probably the big, biggest issue. <laughs> biggest, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in regards to committing to come up here for five months and play rugby, I was like, my whole plan was to play rugby next. I mean, I yeah. have to get through school until May, but yeah. after that, it's like, I just, I want to go do something. Wrestling, I mean, I'm done with wrestling, football. 
I don't know if football will ever work out. I mean, I still have a year of eligibility, but I don't want to stay in school just to play football, yeah, yeah. like that type of thing. Um, so yeah, wrestling or rugby was going to be the next the next step for me. That's Whether cool. that was going to be up here in Colorado or staying in Maryland doing stuff or going back to Arizona and finding something yeah. to do for rugby. But I mean, this was the best and only opportunity I had, <laughs> and so I was going to take it. And I was yeah, I was happy to take yeah. it. Timing is everything, right? That's exactly what they that, say. that too. I just got kind of lucky on the yeah on the time and so i mean i think you're in the right place just kind of based on what you said it kind of sounds like everything's working out the the way that you anticipated um so you're, you've been playing nine though was that what you played in high school or did you just kind of bounce around the backs or how did you kind of <laughs> settle into playing scrum half um so my one year in high school i played technically i played flanker Okay. Um, so I think I was a, I want to say a seven, the open side yeah. flanker. It's just, that's exactly my brother's playing now right. for Old Glory. Um, so that was like, so in high school, I was just there. I was like, I was like an athlete among non-athletes right. in a way. So they put me at flanker. I caught, I caught every ball off a line out. Um, I was in the scrum a little bit or, you know, every scrum, maybe some, some picks or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I was just there to run the ball and hit people. And make tackles, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so when I came came here to the EXO Academy, I guess it was kind of it was set up in a way where they were just trying to feel us out. Like right. they knew we were all athletes, but they were trying to figure out what we were really good at or what we could do, what we couldn't do, this and that. Um, and so initially, I thought I was going to come in and play a wing. Actually, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not. Like, compared to our team, I'm not big enough to be a flanker. Compared yeah. to most ugly... These, these guys, yeah, this yeah. is a huge team. Compared to most other rugby teams, I, I could put on, like, 10 pounds. And yeah, I should you fit could in. get away with it, but... But, um, but yeah, with this team, we have NFL-sized players and whatnot. <laughs> um, so, um, I guess just the first few weeks, I was kind of feeling it out. I was getting reps at, at wing. We had, like, I think we had five or six different wings for two mm -hmm. spots. So I was just like going through it like I knew I had a little bit of rugby skills up on everyone but it's like I guess after the first week or two Mose and Mark started to implement plays and I, like, I was picking those up and then um, so a lot easier than football plays right oh yeah <laughs> so one oh, or yeah. two words and right it's just one <laughs> word and it's just like you pretty much some, yeah, yeah, half yeah. of you run the same thing every time yeah, it's just yeah, straight yeah. line or whatnot straight line, yeah you know under that's it there's yeah. not too many different things you it's, can it's do it's simple that. communication football yeah. is very complicated for a simple th simple thing you do is what kind of what it seems like say a whole sentence for one person <laughs> to block one person and one person to run one, yeah, one yeah, route yeah. all that um but, yeah, I mean, so for me, I kind of was, I guess I would say, I was coming in, I was at a wing. I, w I wanted to play flanker only because I was in the, I was in the action more. I could I could get the ball, but I was also in a spot where I could always find someone I could hit. Right, right. <laughs> like on the wing, it's like unless the ball makes out to the yeah, wing, yeah, yeah. you're not going to go up and just hit someone for no reason type of thing. Um, so I started doing that, and then it was actually, I want to say it was the week of our first game. Either the week of or the week before NOLA, mm -hmm. Coach Mark came up to me after practice and pulled me aside, and he was like, hey, uh, I want to talk to you for a second. Um, you know, Coach uh, Mose and I have been speaking, Coach Luke and I a little bit, and, you know, we think athletically you're built to, you know, you could do wing, you could maybe do flanker, but mentally, like, you have, I don't know, you have the where, wherewithal where you can understand what goes on enough where – we think you'd be a good scrum half. And yeah. I, I didn't like, 
I didn't know what to say at the time, but I guess I was like, I was kind of happy. But also like, I don't know. I, was, I felt like I was in the middle of me working for the starting spot at wing or something. Right. I, mean, I felt like I was coach going to take me away from all the effort I just put in. <laughs> I'm trying to be on the field. And he's like, um, well, we know, you know, you're going to be a new player, but with like, with your abilities and like what we can teach you, we think you'd be a great scrum half, this and that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't really say no to Mark either. It was, a, he was like, Hey, you want to play scrum? I was like, do I say no and just yeah. go back to wing? Is yeah. he going to let me play at wing if I told him I don't want to? You know what I mean? It's like Especially uh, it seems like, I mean, primarily it's just been you and Mandy, right? Mm-hmm. It's just been you two. It's really, show. yeah. It's really just us. Um, and, like, technically what is kind of cool about it is most rugby teams always have two scrum halves. So yeah. it's like, it's not like, oh, you're going to have a, you might have a backup flanker this game. You might have a backup prop. It's like you always have two scrum halves no matter For what. For sure. So that's like a, that's kind of like a, a nice – like insurance policy, yeah, right? Like you, you know that you're going to get some time. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, okay, I guess <laughs> I guess this will work. I mean, I yeah. don't really know where I was going to end up anyways. Like, I was coming in here with the mindset to get better at rugby and to win games, not essentially like, you know, I mean, football is like, mm-hmm. if you play cornerback, you play cornerback your whole freaking life. Yeah, See, yeah. with rugby, like, when you get to the top level, you're not really going to change positions. But right now, I kind of felt like, I was just trying to feel yeah, it out. Yeah, you have the out. ability to see what you like and see what you're yeah, comfortable with. Yeah, feel it out, figure out where you fit I mean, in. that's good because I th- I've, I mean, maybe you know, but I feel like I, I used to cover – I covered the Broncos for a season, so I was, like, in the locker room a lot. Okay, yeah. And I've learned, like, a lot – you know, it's not unfair to say, like, a lot of the got the best corners are the best – they don't even like doing that. Like, they don't want to play corner. They really want to <laughs> yeah. do something else. So, like, this is an opportunity for you to actually find something – you like to do like play a position you want to play yeah you know? yeah so. i feel that i've heard that before it's like you've been doing it for 15 years of your life yeah like, you it's wanna... like you're saying with wrestling you get burnt out on it you know right it's the same there's sh- some variation in rugby i guess you don't it's it's harder to get burned out on because you are doing so many different things yeah. you're doing everything yes yeah, and that's pretty nice and that's what i started to realize like wrestling it's like i'm still doing this because i'm good at it but it's like if i'm doing the same shit every damn year every <laughs> damn day it's like i'm getting burned out and yeah and I figured with football, at some point, I was going to be like, I was probably going to get burned out too, but I mean, I never made it that far in football, <laughs> so I uh, didn't get that chance. That's but all um, right. But yeah, with rugby, it's like, I mean, everyone's running, everyone's passing, everyone's tackling, and now it's just, you know, where are you going to end up on the field for, are you going to get the ball, are you going to end up like three phases away from the ball, so mm-hmm. you're ready for it, you know, over here, this and that, so it's all... It's like a it's like a game of chess in a way because you got to yeah. think four steps ahead, right? So you can choose what to do now. So you, you know what I mean, and so that's that same concept kind of like, all right, well, do I want to play flanker where most of the time I'm gonna be around the ball with you know in the scrum or in the lineout hitting someone or do I want to be on the wing where all I do is just run yes. and maybe. It's like a, it's a waiting game, yeah. especially you know even with this team, like a lot of people still learning how to play. Sometimes the ball doesn't make it all the way out to the wing, you know. So more times than not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's that's see now that that's a team thing we're gonna have to figure out. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> me personally, so it will come. It will yeah. come with time. With, with with what you just said, with you know the whole um, the whole like being integrated into the the play of the fi- like. You're you're always involved now, especially right. at nine. Like you're always right there. You're always. You, you run the show, essentially. Yeah. Like, you and you are the, the center of the play. So, yeah, I mean, like, once Mark told me, like, he's going to move me over, and I started – I practiced a week, a week and a half, two weeks. I went to NOLA, played a little bit in that game, and I was like, 
I, I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. I was like, my passing is very, I mean, it was pretty shitty. Like my right <laughs> hand was decent just because it's my right hand. Yeah. My left hand was, it was horrible. I felt like, and then it was like, I was, I was always like scared to like make a right pass or like, Oh, like, should I pass it to him or should I pass? Like, I don't know. I was, I was, I was letting my mind run when Didn't I should think it too much. Yeah, so. exactly. And so it really wasn't until I want to say, uh, I want to say last game, like the second game we played in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, who did we play? Belmont. Yeah. Or then SoFlo last weekend. Yeah. So, so it was, uh, all stars. Right. The, the first, the, the LA first all LA stars. trip. And then the, Belmont Shore was that second match right. in LA, right? So I want to say in, when we played Belmont, so our third game, our second Yay. trip to LA, um, that it wasn't until after that game where I came into practice like that next week, and I was like, "All right, it's starting to click." Like I know I control everything. Yeah, I have the ball. I'm like the quarterback. So now it's like I get to choose: do we do we pass the ball fast and play fastball? Do I pass the ball slow and play slow ball? Do I tell the forwards to go set up Ram on the other side, or should I call Chiefs, or should I tell Dan to move over and we run back line yeah, this yeah. and that? Like, I mean, I still have no idea how to kick a ball, so <laughs> I can't do that, but. I understand, like, I can – I'm, like, the chess master yeah. because I can move these pieces yeah, around you, here. you dictate the pattern, essentially, right? Yeah. Like, you – that's and cool, man. And so, like, when he first switched me over and he threw me into practice and I was doing all the passing, this and that, I was like, I don't know anything I'm doing. I don't, you expect <laughs> me to learn how to pass and then also tell all these guys what to do. It's yeah. like – but luckily, I just, you know, stayed focused on it. I had – um, a few good, like decent friends of mine, uh, Campbell on the team. Yeah. Um, he played with my brother here last year with like the Academy. There's this uh, friend of mine, Genesis, who works yeah. here in Glendale, um, played a little bit here last year. Um, and then we actually had that kid, Max Stacy come in likes him. And then Simu last week, they all have at least two years of experience, uh, way right, more experience right. than anyone on our team. Um, but yes, yeah, so, like right when I got switched over, I started spending more time, passing the ball, working on technique, like understanding how I come into a ruck so I can identify the defense and the offense, this and that. Um, so I spent – well, first I spent tons of time passing with my roommate Jordan. Um, he was always there to help me out, catch this and that, yeah. him, him and Casey. Um, and then – just had to shout him out a yeah. little bit. <laughs> uh, like and then once I started getting into – I guess just to, just to build on that, I was going to Soup and Genesis to help. Genesis helped me with, like, uh, technique and also helped me with drills that made me felt, like, more powerful with, like, banded passes, yeah, yeah. things like that, like, off the knee, this and that. And then Soup, I just spent tons of time just picking his brain with, like, hey, like, if we're here on this side of the field, at this end of the field, like, should I be, like, what should I do? Or what should I yeah. call this and that? Or, like, hey, if I'm here and you're over here, like, and I don't feel like I can get the ball there. Like, what should I do? You know, he tells me, oh, pull it from the rock and then do it because you have a bit more power, you know, if you're moving mm-hmm. into it, this and that. And I'm like, okay, so I'm taking all these things into consideration. A lot of it goes over my head a little. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as the days go on, I continue to work at it. Like, I improved and, like, I mean, I know I'm far from even probably any good at it, but I'm just mentally I'm more comfortable. That's so I have, I have that confidence to continue to learn and get better mm-hmm. and then – you know, I'm happy to, like, for the constructive contri- criticism that comes along with that as well. Yeah. So, at, at this point, I would say I'm I'm happy at being scrum half. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable with it. 
and I'm just excited for it. And you're having fun, right? Exactly. That's it. With rugby, I'm, I'm always having fun. That's good. Because after football and wrestling, it's like, this is the perfect combination. Yeah. I get to hit people. I get to run the ball. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about someone putting their head into the side of me or something yeah. or, like, getting blindsided or, you know, all this. I just, it's me versus you, and that's it. Yeah. So. That's cool, man. That's awesome to hear. Um, I guess I, I got a couple more before I let you go, Brady, but. I'm kind of interested, uh, you said your brother played for Old Glory. Like, what does he think about this whole experiment, like being a crossover athlete himself in a way? Like, is, what is he, does he like? Because I know this is not the most popular thing, like, in the rugby community. There's a lot of people that aren't jazzed about it. Like, just kind of wondering, you know, if you've talked to him about this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, him coming from a similar background yeah. as me, it's like he's also, like, as you said, a yeah. crossover athlete. I mean, I feel like in regards to the the stigma this academy has taken within the rugby community, it's kind of it's kind of like with things in the wrestling com wrestling community too. It's where like I guess you could say the old heads or the people who've been around yeah, for ten, don't. twenty years, like they know like how the process works. They know how things get done, and seeing something that just has never it's, been done before, yeah, it's, it's a, like well, it's a deviation from the norm. So exactly, makes, and so there's going to be a lot of negativity. Um, there's going to be a lot of like, there's going to be a lot of people just saying bad stuff just so they can, just because other people are doing it. But there's probably a good amount of people out there who are also like, this is a great idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're, I mean, shit, if you're a Division One football player and you think you're going to the NFL and you don't, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, you should be playing something, right? right. There's no reason. There's no reason you should just be, like you said, yeah. working. I mean, the first job. fallback you should have is having a degree. But if you don't, well, then you still have your athletic abilities. Well, if we build up the sport of rugby in the states well we could be i mean we'll be far from it we'll be closer to the type of money that nfl yeah. and nba makes than than we are now but it's the whole it's a process mm -hmm. and so this academy is the beginning of that process where it's to build this sport in in this country it's the same with wrestling like the same i spent 10 15 years doing wrestling and it's like every year it's like the same 20 30,000 people who know about it and everywhere else is just like yeah what is it <laughs> and that makes sense i mean it's like the amount of advertising the amount of like coverage for that sport is very minimal yeah. so most people who listen to the radio or watch tv they don't see it on there and then if you watch espn and sports centers well it's always football and basketball it's mm -hmm. like like they'll throw on like the sports center top 10 and you'll see some crazy stuff from like a game of tennis or something but yeah yeah it's like people but it just is like you you register that as oh that's cool and that's it. Right, that's right. It's not never, something that really... I want to, I wanna, yeah, keep watching this. Or right. I want to know more about this guy. Yeah. Right. It's always just like a quick little excerpt, and it's like, it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, with this academy, I feel like, um, you know, there's going to be the people who have the negative stigma, but I feel like, like my brother, like me, like the rest of our team, we're, we're all the people who are the difference makers mm -hmm. in the future. Like, we're the beginning of this academy. We're the beginning of... American athletes with no rugby experience to take, you know, take nothing to make it something into mm -hmm. like a, a, a national or a pro rugby team or whatever, whatever the goal is here. Um, and so I think Corey is, I think his opinion is similar with mine. Like it's a great idea, this and that. Compared to what he went through here last year, I mean, he would probably say, well, shit, I wish I got a King Supers <laughs> card or I wish I got a paycheck too. But yeah. You know, I mean, we got a, we have a little bit more perks. We have a little bit more funding, this and that. Um, uh, so I guess like just the main thing is the fact that it's it's happening. Like I think that's the great that's the great thing about it. It's, it's not 
it's not like we're going to talk about we should all, you know, make, you know, bring college people in yeah. or try to get a few coaches and, you know, have a practice every other day. And, like, you know, like when we went down to SoFlo, like when we played that team, we had – it was 720 and they were still, sh- you know, bringing <laughs> another five guys on the field. It was like, hey, like kickoff should have been 20, minutes, 20 minutes ago. And so, like, that type of structure and organization is just – that's the big difference. The funding, yeah. obviously. Um, like but, you said, it. You got to start. You, there's at some point you got to stop talking about it and just do it and try something and see what happens. And yeah, this is the. And so this is why it's great. I mean, Corey. Luckily, he got in here last year and he was able to find a spot in MLR team. Like that's that's the first goal. Yep. Um, and then to move on, it's like well, to build up the sport in this in the U.S., you're gonna have to bring more people into mm-hmm. it. You have to promote it more, advertise it more. And then you'll start getting the funding people want yeah. too. So like they, you know, they want to bring in the ex D one football players and basketball players, even maybe some ex NFL. But a lot of these guys saw p- p- paychecks with with right. with a million dollars on it or something. It's like, you know, rugby. <laughs> you, you don't get <laughs> you that don't, in rugby, not, at, that, yeah. at, not here in the states at least. And yeah. so you know, that's that's the that's what they got to get to. Yeah. Um, that's that's the goal. And I think where we are now and like what the plan is in the future is. They're on the right track. I mean, MLR plans to, like, they're trying to, um, like, parallel the M- MLS. Mm-hmm. And so by 2030, I hear they're trying to get, I think, 24 teams. Mm-hmm. or how, is that? Yeah, they're trying to grow like crazy. Yeah, so that. they're, yeah, they're like, always looking to expand. Yeah, so in, like, nine years, the MLR should have twice as many teams. And that being said, even now, like, the 12, I think it's 12 they yeah, have. 12. They're all privately owned, too. So mm-hmm. another another 12 privately owned teams so then you have 24 privately owned funded teams by billionaires and millionaires well they're going to start to attract some more people too and then right. it's just gonna it's gonna just blow up way more money involved yeah in total so yeah yeah man uh i think that's all the questions i have i guess the last one is just you got an off weekend you got any plans for the bye week Are you gonna um, get out of here for a few days or what? yes yeah, so i'm actually uh, i'm heading back to arizona uh-huh. and i'm gonna go finish moving out of my apartment <laughs> get the rest of your stuff. <laughs> yeah because my uh, my lease there ends uh may 15th and after this weekend and maybe next we don't have any more off weeks and yeah the way this goes, I don't, if I miss a practice, that means I'm I'm not playing, and yeah. so I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna give the coaches that that chance to cut me out of playing time. So I'm gonna go down there, finish moving out, and head back here on Sunday for cool for practice. Yeah, very nice, man. Uh, well, that's all the questions I got, Brady. I don't know if you want to take the the end. I usually leave it open if you want to. Yeah, shout just, anything out or promote anything, feel free. Yeah, um, just want to shout out uh, my mom, my dad, parents at home, my brother, Corey, uh, playing for Old Glory, and then my boys here, Soup and roommate Jordan, hope you get better, cripple, and uh, <laughs> Casey Claw, and uh, my guy Genesis, and everyone else, Yeah, and uh, everyone back home. I mean, if you all listen to this, you know who you are. If not, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's all. Thank you, Colton. Yeah, thank you so much, man, for joining me. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Colorado XO Scrum Half Brady Daniel. Um, I know I certainly enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I say it every week, though. Guests make the show. Big thank you to Brady for taking the time out of his day to come chat with me. Like I mentioned at the top of the interview, uh, they have a few days off, so he took you know some time where he could have been you know, doing whatever else, getting away for a little bit, come chat with me, and I appreciate that. So thank you again to Brady. Um, hope everybody enjoyed that. And so we'll go ahead and jump into the required reading of the portion of the show. But uh, 
I decided to take required reading off this week with the XOs on a bye. I thought we should all enjoy a weekend off. So you're welcome. No homework this weekend. I'll be back next weekend with some required reading. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and close the show with the loop. I have a feature piece coming out on Friday. Dropped the ball last week. It's the same one I've been working on, but I've been working on it for a week now, so hopefully it's good. People like it. Uh, you can catch all that on the dnvr.com. Just go to the rugby tab. I've been keeping, you know, score keeping track of scores in MLR. Uh, I'm trying to put out all this XO content that I that I can. So make sure you go check that out. Talk to Trey Smalls, Jarrell Patterson, and Gerald McDowell just about you know how they're liking rugby and. Um, you know, carrying the ball. A lot of those guys are defensive guys that didn't get to carry the ball very much. Um, and they didn't get to carry the ball at all, actually, in, in college and got to carry the ball a little bit in high school. So just talking about, like, how they're, you know, liking rugby. And um, I, I think it's a good piece, so I, I'd recommend checking it out. Be sure to follow along with us on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. You can catch the piece on you know, both those accounts tomorrow. It's the best way to keep up with everything that we're doing here. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got for everybody this week. Um, I hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will catch you all back here next week. <laughs>